They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. We'll be singing. What? When we're winning. Winning? We'll be singing. Hmm. I get knocked down. down. But I get up but again. I get up again. You're never gonna You'll keep me down. You can't keep me down. I get knocked down. I get up again. You're never gonna keep I me down. I get knocked down. What happens when you get knocked down? Yeah, I get up again. You're never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. I don't know what to tell you, Rod. I don't know what you to do. You gotta get up. Get up. You know what I'm saying? You're pissing the night away. You know what I'm saying? over my leg. What you say? I don't understand you. Mick! I don't know very much. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Come on, Polly. It's ridiculous. Hey, you see my turtles? (laughs) 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 These turtles in the aquarium. (laughs) See my turtles? (laughs) I want to know them. What was that, like Rocky 8? It was Rocky 1. First turtles? Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh... You don't remember that? You see my turtles? I was wondering, you know, if you weren't doing anything the next few <laughs> years, if you wouldn't mind marrying me or nothing, you know, Adrian? Uh, Ad- yeah, I don't know what you're doing tonight. I thought maybe you'd like to come over and look at my turtles. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened in Rocky if you saw it. And, hey, I can't do this anymore. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this all Rocky version of Thoughts at Rock. <laughs> It is a podcast, believe it or not, that's about exchanging two pieces of life-changing oh, advice. How many pieces of advice? There's two, and two? we try and squeeze it into about 30 minutes. That's a half hour for you, Rock. That's like an hour and a half. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you see things in threes. This episode is brought to you by Bookie Call. <laughs> it's where books throw down. They go on. <laughs> Why did I turn it down on Schwarzenegger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These books, they throw down. This is the Expendables edition. The books throw down. <laughs> Go on the app. Buy the app. Helicopters. Buy the app. <laughs> we wish somebody it's would buy free. this app. Whatever. Download the friggin' app, will you? <laughs> that's it. That's all you're giving up today. That's what you get today. <laughs> you look up Buka Call. We're not even going to tell you what it is. You know what? It's a good app. Download it. It's not what you think. Let the books hit on you. Say yes. Enjoy yourself. Mm, I like end. that. Nice recovery. Thank you. Listen, if you like this show... Mm-hmm. Take a moment. Give us a five-star rating and a written review. I mean, if you're so inclined, that would mean a lot to us because even if you write a few words, along with the five-star review, words. it does help us make a little bit more money that we can give to Cannonball Kids Cancer. Who are they, Brand? They're our favorite charities. Our, our oh, only these, charity. These kids, they're, they're fighters, and they go and they do amazing stuff. This organization is amazing. I can't do it anymore, Mick. <laughs> Cannonballkidscancer.org. Listen, <laughs> we know how busy you are. I'm super busy. I'm getting knocked down. <laughs> but you get up again, which is great. Listen, finding a little bit of time to just squeeze in some leadership knowledge. Little nuggets, we like to say over here. I like nuggets. Those are hard to come by, which is why it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. Nope. I assume you're doing something else. You're not just sitting there listening to the show. Like, for instance, you could be, I don't know, mixing hydrogen and oxygen to create water. That's, that's science. Maybe you're putting on a wetsuit for the dive. Get this thing on, Mick! 
Maybe you're painting Viking helmets on a canvas. Oh, I like it, the Vikings. Doesn't matter to us. We just want to be Adrian. 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Do it. You turned into Rocky Vampire. <laughs> Our guest today is Dave Delaney, who is a keynote speaker. He's an author. He's a podcaster. And he's also the creator of the NICE method, which is used to really help leaders of fast-growing technology companies retain talent and improve company communications and culture. We've known Dave for a couple of years. First off, before we jump in, welcome to Thoughts at Rock, brother. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Us too. We, um, you know, just to be transparent, we met Dave at a, uh, it was really a speaker conference workshop, our speak and spill group. Was it a retreat? I like to think of it as a retreat. Interesting. Um, I think of it differently, but we were in <laughs> Toronto together. This is pre-pandemic. And we uh, shared a hotel room, so it kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did, but I don't like to talk about it very often. Sorry. I snored quite a bit. Different, different I'll go ahead and guys. show. I'll show myself out. Yeah. It's fine. You know, now that you say that, it was a retreat. For it was a retreat. It was like a little camp sleepover. Nice. I do remember uh, coming and going to that event, though. Uh, Dave was originally from Toronto, lived there many years and was pointing out all the cool hotspots. And so yeah. you know, I'd been there a, a lot, but just being there with a whole bunch of our speaker buddies was cool. And we've been talking about trying to be on each other's podcast for a while. And today's today. We um, we will definitely have Dave's uh, entire biography in the show notes. So we would love for you guys to check it out. But just a cool highlight, a couple of cool highlights, at least, you know, in addition to his nice method, he's the founder of the consulting business futureforth.com. I hope we talk a little bit about that. He's the author of the acclaimed book, New Business Networking. He has worked with a ton of well-known and big organizations like Google and LinkedIn and FedEx, HubSpot, Hellstream, many, many more. We could go on and on, but Dave is really obsessed with how we can be nicer and how we can communicate both online and in person. Uh, I mentioned before, he's the host of, it's the nice podcast, right? That's, that's the name. Yep, that's right. Awesome. And uh, something that we had talked about just before we hit record here in a world of now 4 million podcasts, it's interesting because Dave had the uh, number two parenting podcast ever. It was the second one that ever <laughs> occurred. And uh, boy, you wish you would have kept that thing going. How big would that thing be if you were still doing and talking about parenting? Oh man, it would have been epic. And I'm still mad at Paige and Gre Gretchen who ran Mummy Mommy Cast because they were number one. Mm. Uh, and our podcast was Two Boobs and a Baby. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, All right, full full you know clarity here. My wife and I being the boobs. Yeah, uh, yeah. For, yes. For, for uh, standing there, I can't yeah. wait to put that in the show notes. I want that to be <laughs> the next album name is Two Boobs and a Baby. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It. Great memories. Oh man. Well, uh, again, you've got to go and check out his entire biography. I mean, I probably didn't do it justice. He's got a lot of things going on, but. The whole essence of being nice is th this is going to be flat out a love fest, I think, in this podcast today. We're going to talk about how to make that happen in business and in life. But, you know, Dave, versus the traditional uh, interview style that you hear in a lot of other podcasts, we get right to the heart of the leadership podcast that I think our audience is looking for. So, brother, we're going to leave the floor open to you. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. I thought that rocks is something my mom taught me. And I say mom because she's British. Yes. So, yeah. I spell it M-U-M too. Uh, but my, my thought that rocks is to treat people the way you want to be treated. 
Hmm. It's a That's simple the golden, rule, golden right? the golden rule. Yeah, it's been around for a minute. And honestly, it can just by treating people, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated by treating people kindly, uh, with some compassion, with empathy, you know, great things can come from that. So that's what I'm all about. So my question becomes this, what if you don't like to be treated nicely? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? I don't know. That's true. That's true. I mean, it who, really who does. Doesn't? There are people who would, I think there are people who prefer contention hmm. for, it's, you know, I don't know why I think it's yeah. miserable, but there are some people that live in that lane. Yeah. And so what do you do for those people who go, you know what? I just, I'm, I'm happy to be a curmudgeon and, and take your nice and stick it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, it's a good point and it's a great, it's a great point. I think, I think, yeah, you're right. I don't think everybody, uh, but I think everybody at the end of the end of the day, wants people to treat them kindly. I think they do, um, mm -hmm. whether they're a curmudgeon or whether they're yeah. just a bit of a jerk or whatever. Sure. I think really at the end of the day, they do. And and for those who who may be those outliers who are like all about treating themselves terribly and, and they just hate their hate everybody and, and all that, luckily they are the minority. They're just a slight sliver of the yeah. world. And uh, you know, some people can be helped and and others maybe not so much. But I think it's really just about you know, still treating people kindly because that one, you know, that one gesture that you do that smile to somebody walking down the street, they smile back, somebody catches their smile and gosh, it's contagious that way too. So, yeah, yeah. I, I guess it, it is an interesting point though, too. I, uh, now that you say that, I do think about people that are probably addicted to drama. Like they live their life, maybe not just in contention, but yeah. they just sort of have that attitude. And maybe Dave, to your point, you're saying, listen, you know, it, it, at least being positive, being nice to other people, yeah, it's contagious. Um, you know, it reminds me of that old adage, you know, every person you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. And I talk yeah. about companies and brands that hopefully embrace that. I mean, it's so easy to go back to talking about Chick-fil-A because they do this so well. They just realize people have stuff going on and you're coming in with disposable income. Why mm -hmm. not treat them nice and be positive? not knowing what's going on in the world and perhaps we can make their lives a little bit better. I think that's kind of what you're saying is, you know, again, it's the golden rule. We've even talked a little bit about the, the platinum rule, which we can talk about it here, but that is the essence of what you're saying is that at least it's going to take the same amount of energy to, to be a jerk. You may as well just be positive And hopefully that, you know, that, that parlays over to people just uh, having a little bit of a giddy up in their step. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody has bad days. They have negative moments i'm not saying like everybody's you know do, 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 like super happy all the time you know it's a small world after all um with all due respect to my our friends at disney yes uh, of course <laughs> no copyright infringements That's uh right. going on there um but honestly i think i think it really if you if you live by this rule and this is what i try to do is i try to live by this rule and yeah you have bad moments you have negative periods whatever but at the end of the day it's really just about treating people kindly and treating people nicely. Do you guys, am, am I allowed to curse on the show? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> now this is much more fun uh, when I'm in person uh, with somebody. I, I wrote a book a few years ago called New Business Networking, all about networking nicely yeah. and doing it the right way. 
Anyway, so I, I started a website called networkingfornicepeople.com for the, you know, there's articles and stories there about, you know, about that topic. But, and I had these business cards made too about networking for nice people. And so when I was networking at a conference or at an event and I met somebody, every once in a while, I would get somebody to say, well, I'm an asshole. You know, why yeah. would I want networking for nice people? Right. And as I'm talking to them, this honestly happened enough times to warrant me to, to make me decide, okay. So I bought networkingforassholes.com. <laughs> and so in the conversation, when they say, well, I'm an asshole, you know, I'm not nice. So what? No, you switch you know, cards. Yeah. Then I say, okay, take out your phone. And, and they take out their phone. And I say, go ahead and go to networkingforassholes.com. <laughs> and they go to the website and there's uh, a little surprise for them. And, uh, and then ultimately, hopefully they, they head over to be nice. <laughs> Again, I got to put that in the show notes and I'm hoping there's a web link and people will go. Oh, yes. Either there's nobody there to network with yeah. one because you're an asshole or right. <laughs> like you said, there's a surprise there somewhere. I can only I love I love an Easter egg. You know, I love a little I love surprising and delighting people. Uh, I, I do it in my presentations. I do it in, in my writing and, and a lot of the, the work that I do. And uh, yeah, I love slipping in Easter eggs here and there. So that's I love a, it. That's yeah, a fun one. That's so, so we, you know, we created this, this app called Buki call that, uh, you know, people can, can find a book that, uh, is, is compatible to themselves, a dating app for books. And, um, we laugh because we, we went ahead and, you know, purchased not goodreads.com. <laughs> um, and it, because Goodreads is the monster in the space, right? I mean, they, they 120 million users. I mean, they're, it's Amazon. So it's like, we haven't done anything with it because we're afraid that Amazon will send their drones to, to kill us, yeah, <laughs> exactly. but we do own it. And someday when we are independently wealthy and don't need Amazon money, we will, uh, we will absolutely, <laughs> we, will, we will light that sucker up we for build that Goodreads. website out. That's right. <laughs> So what is it just like, is it just a dormant URL now? Just it kind is of just a dormant URL. We thought right. we had so many people who would say, you know, oh, it's sort of like Goodreads. And we'd go, it's not Goodreads. Right. And, that, <laughs> and, and, and so it just was like, well, we should see if not Goodreads is, is uh, available. And it was. And so for us, you know, for, for everything that Goodreads is that people love, Trust me, yeah. there is a whole bunch of stuff that they don't love. Right. Um, and so that was when we originally sort of had the idea we were going to do the whole Apple versus Microsoft mm -hmm. commercials. Remember where they had yeah, yeah. And we were like, oh, we could do a really fun spin with Goodreads and not Goodreads. Right. Um, and, um, and then all of our creativity went out the window. We were like, you know that Amazon paid $150 million to Goodreads. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, well, in that case. Release the lawyers, Smithers. <laughs> Put it on a shelf. Put it on a shelf. Yeah, probably probably a safe bet. Definitely. <laughs> but it's I, funny too, because with my business, futureforth.com, I actually bought, when I, when I came up with the brand name a long time ago, um, I, I was like, oh, what if people use Futureforth, the number like fourth? Right, right, right. Uh, and I, and I looked and it was available. So yeah. I bought, so, so now sometimes people go to futureforth.com with right. you yep. and there's a funny page there, a little mm. surprise for them there that redirects and reminds right. them. Learn you know, how to spell the, dummy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right website, wrong brand, wrong spelling. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I think, you know, it's funny that we sort of talk about these things, but this idea of, of being nice, you know, uh, Gary V is a big proponent of just 
there's no, it takes just as much effort to be nice as to not be nice. So just mm-hmm. be nice. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the, the idea though, is, you know, in the platinum rule that, that sort of, we've heard so much about over the last few years of, of treat others as they want to be treated and take yourself out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I think the idea is no matter what that is, you can still be nice while doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the, you know, I, I can just go back to the world we live in now, which I think we could make an argument that there's never been a more time, a time where we've needed people to be nice more than right now um, mm-hmm. with all the stress in the world. And, and I go back and I go, Oh gosh, you know, the customer service experiences that I have today, mm-hmm. I can literally count them on, on one hand of the good experiences that I have. Yep. And what really makes it good is they were nice. They, they diffused the situation by being nice. Yep. They didn't, you know, try to blame me. They didn't like, we were just talking the other day, we had this, we've been searching for business insurance and, and we had this whole deal and it was like this contentious call. And I'm like, what's, what is going on? This is your job. We're trying to to give you money. Why are you being such a frigging (laughs) asshole? I need to send them to that website. There you go. (laughs) And it was just like, it was so frustrating, but, but I go back to you know, uh, recently I had a, a an air conditioner that I bought uh, for like a, a detached garage area that I'm doing like a little studio in, mm. and it's one of these stand you know sits on the floor and you plug the exhaust out the window and stuff. And you know I haven't really used it. I, I plugged it in a couple of times, but I haven't built this out to be able to use it yet. And so yeah. I plugged it in the other day and it doesn't nothing. It doesn't work. And so I'm like, huh. it's been just almost a year. So right at the tail end of this warranty that came with it. And I, I called up and said, Hey, this is what's happened. I've tried this. It doesn't work. I've tried all your research. And they were like, okay, no problem. I'm going to email you this, go ahead and send it. And we'll either send someone out to fix it or send you another one. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, why can't everything be this easy to do it? Yeah. You know, and, and I will now go back and make sure that when I buy the next thing, I'm going to use that brand because what an incredible experience to not deal with the hassle or be made to feel like it was my fault. Well, Um, and you're sharing the story, right? Like you're talking about them now. Right? right. And you're telling your friends you're and, and every time you use that, you're going to think of that experience. Right. Which is so the true. same, like it's the same. So I wrote a blog post a while back. Um, after speaking at a conference, I have a, a keynote I do called the ROI of nice. Right. Mm. And, and as I was speaking to the audience afterwards, I had like three different people come up to me and tell me about like horror stories of bad bosses, basically. Mm-hmm. And they named the brands yep. as well. Right. So straight away, I know three of these people, like just at that experience yep. and, and three different companies that are now sort of, I, I have sort of negative feeling sure. feelings about because of the, these experiences that these poor people had. And I've worked for great bosses and I've worked for also not so great bosses. So I've experienced yep. it too firsthand. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and again, this leads to like your brand reputation. And, and in this day and age with the great resignation, as, as the kids call it, uh, <laughs> I think yep. the kids are calling it that. Um, but you know, in this day and age, y- you can't afford to have a, a really negative, uh, uh, negative brand reviews and, and so forth. So whether it's reviews publicly on, on, on your, on, you know, consumer goods that you buy and you have a negative experience with, or whether it's reviews like Glassdoor, for example, about Mm -hmm. an actual company to work for or a boss. um, It's just so important to, to, 
to be practice this, to be nice. And, and, yeah. and yeah, it leads to great things. You know, you say that though, but uh, boy, is it rampant in my opinion, I'm with you on this. I mean, I, I used yeah. to just say, you know, let, let's don't throw an entire generation under the bus. You know, oh, these kids today, they're, they're great at a lot of things, but I am now resorting back to whether it's work effort or whether it's apathy, whatever it is, I can't understand how, especially coming out of a pandemic, how can you not bend over backwards and be obsessed about being happy that there are people wanting to spend money with you. It has really gotten mm-hmm. to the point. I mean, I'm writing about this now in, in my next book It's going to be about customer service, customer experience. Yeah. And boy, do I see it everywhere. I'm right with you, Brant. I, I, now it's almost a rarity yeah. whenever you see great service. And you know, I've seen all of these customer surveys before. I don't care if it's a piece of paper, online, text, whatever. I've seen the thousand questions that are on these things. And I care, yes, if the light bulbs are working, if the restrooms are clean, if the hedges are trimmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that stuff. I really now as a consumer only care about the last three questions. Are you coming back? Are you going to spend more money? And you're going to talk about me positively. And you yeah. just made a point about the air conditioning saying, I will now go back to yeah. them. And Dave, you're talking about, and we're talking about it in yeah. a, in a right. spotlighted venue yeah. where we're going to have thousands of people hear about it. And yet the negative reviews are still there. And, and I don't know why, but just somewhere along the line, people got together in a big conference and said, Hey, let's just be mediocre and, and shitty for a while and see what that's like. Cause I think it it's, came true. Yeah. It's amazing. Think, you know, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say the interesting thing I think is, is, you know, they used to say uh, the dissatisfied customer is going to tell whatever, seven times as many people. Yeah. And I really feel like it's almost reversed itself because the, the bad experience Are is, so the, is the standard. Yeah. And so you end up having to tell people about a positive experience. Yeah, there's a there's a restaurant um, in in uh, Coco downtown Coco Village that I've been to a couple of times. And my thing is this: I eat because I have to, not because I want to. Right? I, food is not something for me that I enjoy. I don't. You can put a hundred dollar steak in front of me, or you can put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I'm going to be equally as happy. That's just me, and I know it's not how everybody is. There are foodies who like long for the freaking moose foam or whatever you're going to ruin a dish with, Um, but I know I am, but, but this new restaurant that just opened up called tin whiskey, you go in, they seat you. And I am not kidding you. I had my order and food in less than 10 minutes, no matter what I've been there several times. And I, no matter what I've ordered, whether it's been chicken or something that you think is going to take a little bit longer to cook less than 10 minutes, like on it, filling my water. Like I, I have tipped, I've tipped as much as my, as much as my meal mm-hmm. because I've been blown away by the service. And I just long for that. It, it, I, every time we, we do this, okay, let's whenever we're going to take my parents out to dinner. It's like, where do you want to go? They want to go back there. Why? Because it's like the service is phenomenal and you're just, it's not the Ritz. It's not, you got to spend $280 to feel like you're having yeah. the, the Disney experience. This is just the friggin' tin whiskey. And it's like, and it's I'm, not hard. No, it's, it's not, not hard, hard for them to do this. Like it's not hard for them to do this. So my wife and I are both, uh, we call ourselves recovering servers. We've worked at many <laughs> restaurants and bars and places. You know, we even met at a little tiny restaurant in Ireland. Um, and, and eventually she, she was a waitress and I ended up being a cook there. So we've worked at many different restaurants and things over the years, uh, back in the day. And I've learned so much, like, for example, with reviews. So for me personally, Personally, yes, you're right. The, the numbers are right. That like more people leave negative reviews than they leave positive reviews, you know, because in that moment of rage, you're like, 
talking, you know, saying whatever you want on your phone and leaving a review. So I have a personal rule that I try to to share with folks about writing reviews for businesses and restaurants and the such and such is you have to write three positive reviews for every one negative review you write. So it's like a personal rule. So if I have a really bad experience and I'm about to my phone to write a negative review, I pause and think, oh, wait, I only wrote two good reviews this week. I need to write a third first or I need to write three. And by the time you're finished writing those positive reviews, you're like, ah, you know, you're reflecting on these good experiences and you're like, ah, forget it. They're probably having a bad day. Um, Another thing I like to do, by the way, in addition to like tipping well and things like that is if I have great service, uh, I note the server's name. It's usually on the receipt or a name badge or something. And uh, I will get to the parking lot, pick up my phone, call the restaurant, ask to talk to the manager. (laughs) And then uh, when I talk to the manager, I say, hey, I wanted to let you know that we had Jill uh, serving us tonight. And you know, right away, his hair is like up on his back. He's like, oh God, what did she do? (laughs) And then I say, and I'm like, listen, I just want to let you know, we were blown away. She did a great job. And I just want to let you know, she was awesome. Uh, And, you know, and then that gets back to her and and it makes her continue to be an amazing server, maybe get a bonus or something like that. So, so I do want to encourage your listeners to like, you know, yeah, like pick up the phone, call the restaurant and like, let, let the manager know, or let the owner know that you had a great experience. And and that just goes around so well. And it feels good. I'll tell you that I'm so glad that you say that because I was going to look for something practical as to how you could use that be nice mentality. Because first off, Yep. You, you're a better person than I am at even leaving reviews. Cause I used to be, let me talk to the manager or I'd say something to the person themselves and call them out. And nobody wants conflict. Now you're liable to get punched in the face or <laughs> shot or something, or you would <laughs> yeah. run and leave a review. And now I feel like it's almost being, uh, you know, it, it's on deaf ears. Like there's so much mediocrity, so much apathy, so much, whatever sort of mentality that I feel like even that's a waste of time. What wouldn't be a waste of time is exactly what you're saying. Even though it's rare, even though these awesome experiences uh, should be called out and we should prop up whoever the the frontline person is, if they're actually doing that, I I think that's great advice for for me and for everybody to say, I'm going to go out of my way to actually do a positive review because we do need a little bit more of that. It's I'm just, I, I am a, uh, listen, I'm, this is probably the Gen Xer in me coming out. I am a product of Norman Vincent Peale. I am a, you know, I, I am all about the power of positive thinking, but boy, you, I mean, you're talking about now a world that feels like it's just ensconced in this whatever mentality, and it's just getting harder and harder to find, you know, the, the really good ones out there. It does fit in well with our yeah. thought, right? Yeah. So our yeah. thought, our thought this week uh, comes from, uh, the great Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, uh, and it is this. Thoughts that rock, number two. Treat those who are good with goodness and also treat those who are not good with goodness. Thus, goodness is attained. Yeah. Um, mm. We love that. I know you love that, Dave. Um, yes, 100%. It is, you know, as you're, as you're sitting here talking about sort of uh, this idea of, of putting I just keep hearing in my head, you got to put it into the world, right? So if you want to leave your negative review, 
totally fine. You're hundred percent on board with that, but you have to offset that by some, with some good, right? Mm-hmm. So you've yeah. got to leave knowing that that one person's going to tell X amount more people of the bad review. You got to weigh it heavier on the good side to, to even that out. And I love that. And then it sort of gets me thinking about like, what if, what if, you know, like these, I know flash mobs aren't really a thing anymore, but what? back when the, <laughs> when the kids were doing flash mobs, yeah. um, what, 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 if you had a group of people that would get together and you see all these things, when something is bad, they go out and they pick it with their signs and they are against this. What if you had a positive picketing group where you could that go out so in front cool. of a restaurant and be like, this restaurant's amazing. You've got to try the meatloaf, whatever it is that you've got. I mean, we should totally people do that. hanging out in front, like driving people that they don't know. There's no, you know, there's no, you're just you'd have a line out the door. Yeah. Right. You'd have a, you'd have a line out the and door. The owners think you're probably out there talking shit about them. And you're really just going, this is the most amazing place. What if we had positive picking Let's experience? I think that it. would be so fun. Oh my God. I love it. I love just that like idea. Random, you know, just totally random. You just show <laughs> up and people are going, what is happening? Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there are like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I love, I love that idea. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. I would love to love to see something like that. It almost reminds me, although I was thinking of like a sneaky thing, which is, uh, uh, there used to be this, this thing, I don't, I don't know, it might still exist where nightclubs, especially, uh, uh, the nightclub manager or owner, uh, gets, uh, his or her staff to in their street clothes when they're opening, like for the day to line up outside of the nightclub. Do you guys uh, yeah. know about this? Yeah. And then to make it look like there's a, a line, of course, yeah. and then, th- and then more people join the line. Cause yeah. Hey, look, a line. And so they gradually let the staff in, in their street clothes, they get changed and, uh, you know, assume the positions, uh, work in the bar or whatever. Yeah. And then the customers who are unknowing <laughs> wait in line, yeah. they come in, they pay the $20 cover or whatever it is yeah. to an empty club but they paid the cover. So they're like, well, we may as well buy a drink and kind of hang out and see what happens. Yes. And then, you know, but because of yeah. that line, people see it and they, and they go and go and go. So yes, that's a, that's one of those sneaky moves, but I like the idea of picketing. Yeah. Uh, like a positive picketing. Yeah. I've, I have a friend of mine who actually had some companies uh, that, that actually did this on a much smaller scale. Um, his mm. name was Nate St. Pierre. And he did a couple of things. We would do love bombs. So basically you would text, like if you had a whole bunch of people that knew somebody in common and and you know what, today we're just going to go out of our way. For instance, uh, like somebody on our team, everybody would then love bomb them at a certain time, how awesome they were, they're a rock star. And boy, that just, that makes you feel so much better. Yeah, you take it to the next level that you could find people that are really hurting or in need for something. It might be something physical, tangible. Maybe you got to spend a little bit of money, but imagine if you got a whole bunch of people together and and they could easily make something happen. They could provide them with a need just because we knew that that existed. It's a little bit different. I think you could do it in in an organic, free way to just put a spotlight on people. But boy, I love the idea of getting back into doing some, whether it's a a love flash mob or a love bomb of some sort, that, that is, that, that, that would be, that would be fun. That that's a be nice you know, practical, tactical method. If I ever heard one. Yeah, no, I love it. It's a great idea. Yeah. We, it's well, awesome. we should start that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. On my first. way. <laughs> I guess when I first, I know Lao Tzu isn't um, 
faith-based, but obviously right. you take a, a biblical approach because there's so much stuff when you, you look at the word about loving those who trespass against you, right? And turning the other yeah. cheek. You've heard these before that, yeah. again, it's the whole energy. It's the same amount if you're going to be rude or yep. mean to somebody as it is be nice. Yeah. But if you can get to the point that you can love on people who absolutely maybe don't deserve to be loved on, that you could still be good to them and goodness is still going to be produced, Mm -hmm. Boy, does that leave space for you to not only have more forgiveness, but I think it it allows you personally to have less stress, less anxiety. Perhaps you're still going to be a jerk about stuff, but boy, to just get that off your plate and you're just constantly nice. And like you said, Dave, you you smile. It's contagious. I I think you were making the point, you know, at the beginning of the podcast that being nice is also contagious. And maybe, maybe they'll just change their mentality, their attitude. If, if no other reason, it'll take the the wind out of their sail. Like we talk about this all the time. If we're in an argument with somebody and somebody just has the polar opposite idea of me, I can easily in the middle of the conversation, just go, man, that's so cool that you see things differently than I do. Wah, wah. They got nowhere to go. It's no more fisticuffs. It's now, okay. We just see it differently and that's cool. And I can learn from you that in in a sense is being nice too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another job I had when I have, I've had so many jobs as a kid, uh, restaurants and all that, but I also worked at a full service gas station. Do you remember those? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and this, this guy used to come in he had like a Porsche or something fancy and he was just a jerk. And like, he was always just a total jerk. And I would come in livid back into like the office kind of area. And my boss was finally like, just kill him with kindness, man. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, just act nice, like act extremely nice. And I'm yeah. like, like over the top nice. Yes. And so I tried it. And so like, he came back one day and he was trying to get me angry again. And it usually worked. And I was like, you know, good afternoon, sir. I'm happy to help you today, <laughs> sir. Can I fill up your car? Would you like me to clean your windows and check your tires, sir? Check that oil, you know, and thanks very much, sir. Have a great day, sir. We'll see you again next time. And I was like, so over the top, it was ridiculous that he could not complain that he was like, he was too nice. <laughs> he yes. was too friendly. He couldn't complain about it. And I was so over the top that this guy left angry <laughs> because right. he couldn't get me upset. And I came yeah. back in the office and laughed my head off and my boss, Ed did the same. And so like, that was such a great life lesson uh, for like whatever 15, 16 year old Dave back then. So yeah. Yeah. We would, we would, when the band was touring, we would always, stop in Florence, South Carolina, as we're traveling, usually from playing up in the Northeast somewhere back down to Florida and, uh, in, in South Carolina here, we would always stop at the, there's a waffle house right off of 95. And so we would always call it South Carolina waffle house. Nice. Because like Mm -hmm. that, that if, first of all, if you've ever been to a waffle house, the, you know, the more Southern you get sort of the nicer, usually it is, um, from a, from a, you know, Southern, Southern love, sort of a walking in. Hey, darling, how you doing? Um, right. And and we would just always laugh because this was the the they were just the nicest people. You would open the door, they would welcome you before you got one foot in, and not in like the Hamos 
style where it's like, hey, Mo, you know what I mean? Where they're like, they're, they're forced to say it. Like they could give two shits whether or not you're walking in the door. They're like, I don't yeah. want to make another burrito for the rest of the day. Um, <laughs> the Waffle House was always just like, hey, darling, hey, baby, you, what do you want a booth or you want a chair? You know, and you're just like, oh, well, I'll have a booth. And they, you know, they were just so over the top, sweet, like, and genuinely caring and asking questions. It's like we would go out of our way to stop. We would wait until we could eat there we would you know make sure yeah. that we whether it was two o'clock in the morning because it didn't really matter when you went there or 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 you know 7 a.m whatever yeah. it is we would always sort of go and and have our four dollar biscuits because that's all we could afford <laughs> when we were on yeah. tour. <laughs> um and that's it the was, way you do it that's it it was amazing but that i i just laughed because like those are the experiences that we remember yeah. for, for all the negative stuff and all the bad experiences. Yes. But like yeah. the, the overwhelmingly positive experiences are more rare than, than any of the negative stuff. And it's no, hundred percent, you know? Right. And that's like with my boss, Ed at the gas station when I was a kid, right? Like I still have great memories of him and, and of my experiences there because of that kind of, because of his leadership and him teaching me things like that. And, and mm. that's a big part of the nice method framework that I, that I teach leaders, right? Because yeah. if they're, if they're acting nicer, if they're treating their employees better, then they're going to retain talent, which saves the company money and saves sure. leadership stress yep. of having to replace people, which is extremely expensive. Yep. Um, and plus it improves the culture and the communication. So everybody working there is enjoying working there again, right. Yep. And enjoying one another. And so, yeah, it's exactly like that. When you look at, um, you know, again, this golden rule that that you live by, or even the platinum rule about how other people want to be treated, or even this Lao Tzu quote that really is about whether they deserve it or not, we should still be good because goodness is going to be created. How do you translate that into your businesses? I I think specifically, I was interested in the podcast. When you have a podcast called the Be Nice Podcast, is this what you would talk about? Is it all about niceness or do you you know, do you, do you wind up talking to a guest or a topic and somehow you've got to weave it into this nice mentality? It's a, it's the, the goal of the podcast. I mean, I really speak to a lot of organizational leaders, like, you know, CEOs, C-suite folks, founders of companies and things. And it's an interview show about becoming better leaders at the end of the day. But in order to become a better leader, you've got to be nice. And if you're not nice, then you're going to, ultimately, it's just not going to work. Um, and so so it's not like uh, I'm not always talking about nice exactly like per se, I, but we talk a lot about just being kind, being great leaders, being effective mm-hmm. leaders. And so it's a, it's a very interesting mix of people I have on the show as well. Um, you know, so I, uh, I would love to have you both on the show. That would be fantastic because I know both of you have such, you know, great positive, uh, experiences and stories to share as well. So but it's, yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm happy to be the guest. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a Awkward. second. That backfired on me. <laughs> it, it is interesting. Um, you say the word nice, I guess there's, it's interesting how people maybe would take it, especially when you're talking to leaders. Cause I bet you there's some connotations that come with that is, Oh, it's fluffy. It's a, it's such a soft skill. So I'm sure you, like you said, if you're going to dunk people in the spirit of niceness, 
you better come with something that's tangible for them to say, how will this make my better business? How can I increase my metrics, whether it's money or whatever? So again, I'm sort of leaving the floor open to you as we wrap up here. I would assume these are the types of things that you do. You just can't go out there and go to be a great leader, be nice because they're one, you probably don't get hired for that. But when you're standing in front of them, I'm sure you got to bring the thunder with some real tactical things, right? Absolutely. So if some, you know, uh, if a company and I encourage companies to do this is to do like an exit strategy for, or an exit, uh, interview, excuse me, for people who may be departing. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, I, I encourage you to do those you know, sooner before they leave, but that's a different story. And I do anonymous, uh, surveys for employees and things as well. They get a feel for what's happening in the organization. But when somebody leaves an organization because they're fearful of their boss, they, they don't like their boss um, and, they, and they quit because people often do that. They quit the boss, not the company, right? Number yeah. one reason. So when, yeah. yeah. So when they leave, you've got to replace that person, right? As the leader of the organization, it costs, Sherm has a study, it costs six to nine, uh, six to nine months uh, that salary, right? So you get so like for example, if the salary is say sixty thousand, it costs between thirty to forty five thousand to replace that talent. And yeah. I'm terrible at math, by the way. So um, I actually built we built a, a calculator at futureforth.com. I call it the Great Resignation Calculation. There's no email gate <laughs> or anything like that. You can go there, pop in the salary, and you'll automatically see approximately how much it's going to cost you to replace that person. And so when we get to talking about return on investment and KPIs and, you know, proving these, measuring these, these uh, goals of, of improving retention, for example, you, you can quantify it right there. And if the leaders are more effective, they communicate better, they build better cultures uh, and they treat people better. And dare I say nicer, uh, then ultimately that's going to save the organization tons of money. Yeah. That makes sense. That's great, man. How many websites do you have? I thought Rand and I had a lot. Every time we turn around, you got a dot com, a dot net, a dot org somewhere. I love it. Oh my gosh, too many, too many to count. I'm afraid. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'll just buy the domain, and my wife's like, "Oh my god!" Like the bill of like all these domain names. She sees it. She's like, "Really? Do you need like whatever it is?" So yes, I. It's so funny you say that. I literally had something pop up the other day. That apparently a couple uh, a year ago or so I bought the domain shitsheavy.com. And I'm like, I don't know why I did. I can't for the life of me remember why I yeah, literally yeah. would have bought that. <laughs> Who would have guessed that it was available? But apparently it was. So I have two boobs and a baby.org. Right. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Oh no. no. It's the philanthropic portion. I don't know how I'm going to use <laughs> Donating it. boobs and babies I, all around the world. I knew I should have bought it, man. I knew I should <laughs> have bought have it. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we, we're just so thankful that uh, you spent a little bit of time with us. Uh, wh- where can people stay in touch with you? Uh, wh- one of your dozen websites, I would assume. <laughs> Jobbyfutureforth.com. That's where you can find the podcast, the blog, uh, everything we talked about, the calculator there. Um, I got a little uh, on-demand 30-minute webcast there. You can sign up and watch if you if you're interested in in applying and using more using these things that I've talked about a little bit today to to improve retention at your company it's uh, quick and easy to do and I'm at Dave Delaney on the socials so uh, you can uh, tag me and say hello I do really l- encourage your listeners to honestly reach out and say hello I'm not just saying yeah. that yeah. okay like I love hearing from people so uh, so do that. 
Love it. Well, we love what you're doing, man. And uh, I know we talked a little bit about business side, but even on the personal side, I mean, we could all get a little bit better at uh, at being nice and just love your your whole mentality. And it's been a pleasure to watch what you're doing from a distance. And too bad we couldn't get together during the pandemic. But uh, knowing that you're in Nashville, I'm going to be there in a couple of weeks. So we'll look for an opportunity to get together, man. Let's do it. Let's chicken. do it, man. Yes. <laughs> Some hot chicken. What did you just call me? <laughs> Very forward. Right. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Be good. All right. See you guys. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, Contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on.